1: Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
0: This morning we had the scripture read to us by a wonderful young man who loves the Lord, loves the Word, and was very uh, pleased to have that opportunity to read it to you. And if you'll open your Bibles to that passage again, I'd like you to look at it. I'm going to pick out a word or two, and then we're going to share with you some insights from other parts of Scripture on the Godhead about Christ in the manger, all right? So if you will, turn to Matthew chapter 1 one more time. Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at this again. And again, I'm so glad for those of you that are peering into Christianity because you're now hearing really the hallmark of uh, Christianity about God becoming man, Christ. So you're seeing that Christ and God are one. So you're going to look at Matthew chapter 1. In this, uh, we might call brief passage, when you slam that passage into 33,000 other verses, it's a brief one but it's like a vitamin tablet. How many of you take vitamins? You might have a multivitamin you take so you can kind of just put it all into one vitamin, slug it down and you're done for the day. How many of you take a multivitamin? Would you raise your hand? How many of you should be taking a multivitamin? No, 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 sorry. You take that multivitamin. I think you're smart enough to know that in that multivitamin, it's a lot more. Vi- there are a lot more vitamins in it than one vitamin. We got that, but it doesn't include all the vitamins, but all the essential ones. In this passage, it's like a multivitamin power pack superfood because what we need to know about Christ being God, then in the flesh, what he'd be called and what he would do is all wrapped up in this tiny little spiritual biblical vitamin tablet. So let's go back over this passage again and I'll just kind of hallmark or highlight a couple of the different thoughts in here and then we'll look at some applications, shall we? We're back in Matthew chapter 1 for just a moment. And if you will, let's just follow along in verse uh, chapter 1, verse 20. And it's talking about Joseph here, hearing a, a message, an information. He was given a truth that startled him. His wife is now pregnant. What's going to happen now? They're not officially completely married. They're kind of in that betrothal period, which is a little stronger than an engagement, but not quite a marriage. And he's wondering, what am I going to do? This is not good. It's a bad testimony, bad reputation. And he says this, or here's this, but when he had considered this, what the angel told him, it says, and the angel appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. In other words, go beyond all of that and finish it. Make her your wife. Why? For the child who has been conceived in her, that means she's already with child, is of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just pause for a moment. This passage, if you want to take it into Luke and other places, Mary herself knew some. We heard the wonderful song sung and it brought tears to my eyes. I was trying to concentrate on my opening statement and I couldn't even do that because the song was so well sung and it really focused on Mary, did you know? And the technicality of that is Mary did know some things. She knew that she was with child. She knew that she was going to be carrying this infant Jesus and she didn't know all about it because that's why she was troubled. She was a little perplexed, but she knew enough about God that if God wanted to do this, God can do this, and, wow, this is a big thing happening to me, so, Lord, nevertheless, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. That's how much she did know. The rest of it, Mary, did you know? She didn't know all the rest of this stuff here because it hadn't all happened yet. She didn't hear all of that, and that was a big truth to her. And Maybe that's a big truth to some of you. You know a little bit of Jesus You know a little bit that you hear Christians call him God in the flesh, but that's all you know. I hope you're not troubled by that. Maybe a little perplexed because you don't know more. But here's what I assure you. Mary knew a whole lot more after the baby was born, after she watched this baby grow up through puberty, after she watched this teenage boy grow into a man, as this man then launched into ministry for three years, and then to sit there and watch her son die on the cross and then to have the privilege to see him again when he resurrected full life again, and then have him go on into heaven. And now she is with him forevermore. So all that she didn't know, and that's all been promised. So let's go back to this passage again. Follow along again with me. It says in verse 21, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's interesting because you type the name to a little bit about what he's going to do. He's going to save them from their sin because tr- primarily simplified, the name Jesus comes from an assembly of words that basically means your. now rescuer. Now, we've learned other times that you could be saved from a burning building. You could be saved from drowning. In this case, it doesn't say he shall save you from being burned to death. You're going to be saved from drowning. No, it says you be saved from your sin. So that now takes on a whole new meaning. I'm grateful to be saved from drowning. I was once in a near-drowning situation in the Florida Keys. I thought I was going to drown. And I thank the Lord for how He miraculously brought someone right there at the nick of time to save me. I never was saved out of a burning building, and I'm grateful for that. But more than all of that, I'm grateful that I am saved forevermore from all of my sins. My sins are paid for. They're washed away. I'm totally forgiven. I have a home waiting for me in heaven in an eternal relationship with God that begins right now. Can you say amen to that? That's a wonderful thing. So Jesus is our Savior. So now that's part of the vitamin tablet. There's kind of like a capsule around it, but that information, Jesus, you'll call him Jesus, for he's going to save people from their sins. Pause for a moment. Are you an animal or are you a person? If you're a person, then Jesus came for you to save you, people, men, women, from their sins. So I want you to know that in God's mind, he already had a Savior planned for you when he had you in his mind before you were ever in your mother's womb, before you were ever born. He had your salvation planned, watch this, and purchased by Christ 2,000 years ago. Offering it to you as a gift today. I hope today is a day that you receive it. Well, that's not all it says. Verse 22 says, now all this took place and there was a lot of information to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Again, for those of you that are kind of looking at Christianity, I want you to know that this Bible wasn't written by somebody who went to a a mountaintop place for a number of years and sat there and concocted some kind of wonderful religion that says do good to others as you'd have them do good unto you. This was actually in the mind of God and it was prompted in the mind of the writers by God to write this. Watch this, watch this. Over thousands of years... And it was preserved so we would have it in its accuracy. And prophecy means that guys were hearing this message from the Lord to then speak and write for the future that was happening many, many millennia and hundreds of years later and fulfilled then so that we could trust it back then. Go back to your passage a little bit more for some of you because this is really, really, really cool. Look in verse 22. Now all these things took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet and a particular prophet here. But now look again. Spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Now those of you that have your own Bible and you'd like to do this and feel comfortable doing this, I would like you to write in your margin the word inspiration. Because this is the best biblical definition of what it means for a writer of the Bible to be inspired. The Lord spoke through his prophet. In this case, talking about Jesus who then would also carry the explanation of Emmanuel. Let's go back to the passage. So this prophet then wrote this in verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and it says, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And that's my thought, so mark that in your Bible, Emmanuel, God with us. So let me tell you the journey we're going to take in the next few minutes together. What I'm going to talk about is the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, as the Godhead is found in the person of Jesus Christ, watch this now, that he will be three things. Number one, he will be with us. That was launched when he was born. We're going to look that he is also in us. And then finally, he is for us. And I'll make three applications so that when you leave here today, you're going to have a greater, hopefully, better appreciation for who the Lord is. Watch this. As you face a new year that none of us knows what it will bring, and we're going to be able to go with that new year in the arms of Christ and who he is. So let's go back to the passage here. Now, verse 24 says, And Joseph awoke from his sleep, and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And that's a good thing for all of us to do. When we get commanded by the Lord, we should do it. And so he took Mary as his wife. He consummated the deal. And, but kept her a virgin until she, not consummated the marriage, but consummated the deal and the fact that, yes, she will stay. She will become my wife fully and I will not abandon her. But kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And I like this, and called his name Jesus. So twice, call his name Jesus, call his name Jesus. But his name will be called Emmanuel. Now, if you look up here for just a moment. There's a little bit of tension as the interpretation of this passage is Jesus is not the issue. Emmanuel might be a little bit. Why does it say you call his name Jesus and then over here call his name Emmanuel and then it says call his name Jesus. So you seem like he's Jesus and Emmanuel, Jesus, and Emmanuel. It's because one defines the other. Emmanuel, God is with you and in order for him to be with you, then what does he do? He saves you from your sin. So he is known as the Emmanuel, God being with us, but his name is Jesus. Did you catch that? Now, why would in the Old Testament they talk about a future God who will be with us? Now, you're going to have to go on a brief journey with me, and this journey is not going to be very deep, but I think it'll help you to know a little bit more and appreciate even greater the idea of God with us. If I take you all the way back to the Old Testament, there is what we might call the founder of Israel, and that would be Abraham. He is also known as a patriarch, Abraham. And out of Abraham, then we see the Jewish group. You know, they got the land, they got the promise, all of that, people. And all throughout history, God then said that he would be with his people. Now, when those people were obedient to the Lord, we know that the Lord was very evident. The Shekinah glory was there. He led them. He was a part of their life and a very, very uh, hands-on. When they decided to rebel against the Lord, the Lord kind of stepped back a little bit. He never forsook them, but he stepped back from them because they were rebellious. A little bit how you do your children. When they're doing something really wrong, you kind of deal with them. You never stop being their parent. You never stop having that relationship with them, but it's not as intimate as it once was. So Lord kind of steps back. Even at times they were in total rebellion against God through wicked kings that Israel had. He said, I'll be with you. Then he prophesied in the future. Not only will I be with you, I will be with you in the person of Jesus Christ. So look up here, if you will, for just a moment. See if I can now do an illustration. Let's pretend that's up in front of me is this huge, gigantic funnel. Can you see this funnel here in your imagine, in your mind? Mind's eye, this funnel? All right, From eternity past to eternity future, all of eternity, we're going to use the top of the funnel is going to represent God. When Jesus was born, and that's the story, and today we're celebrating it, it's like all of the Godhead now is now spilling into, down that little funnel hole, into this little baby that's now being born, just like the little baby we hear crying a little bit. And that's okay, Mama, that's a fine thing. All right, so all of God is now spilled out into this little tiny baby right here. So when you open up a Christmas card and you see Jesus in this manger, I want you to know it's not just a fun little story. It's not a really historical fact only. It's about God... God, God with us and the physical part of God in Christ bodily begins at the birth of Christ. That is a celebration time for us. No other great leader, religious, political or military, could ever come together to ever encompass all of God bodily other than this tiny little Baby, born in a stable, laid in a manger, and now for two millenniums, we look back to that and we celebrate him. So yeah, the birth is important because we wouldn't have had God in the flesh if there wasn't a fleshy thing going on there, but it's more than just a baby, it's God with us. You know how important that is to know that God is with you? I know it's going to save us from our sins and all of that, and the presence of God is with us, but I want to encourage you, and now I'm going to speak to those who know Christ as their Savior. How many here today know that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven? Would you raise your hand because you've trusted Christ, all right? Now I want to give you a word of encouragement about God with you. I think that is a truth that all of us would know probably very well theologically, that wherever we go, He's there, you know, Jehovah Shammah, He's there, all right? All right. He's wherever we are. He's there. He is with us. I think we know that. But I think the time that it's the weakest is when we're really doing life. And we're really kind of out there and things are going on that we sometimes forget that God is with us. There's a sweet lady that's here in our crowd this morning. So I hope you get a chance to meet her. She's been to China five times. And I don't mean on vacation. I'm talking about living in China, in inland, mainland China, teaching the teachers who teach the parents who teach the kids who have autism. And she goes there. Now she didn't know it when she's 30 or 40 or 50 and I'm going to stop there but I'm going to tell you that um, she's a mature saint. How about if I say it that way? She didn't go with an entourage. She hops on a plane and that plane takes her all over. She gets off the plane, takes a cab, takes public transportation, gets to a place, rarely has a handler, if you know what I mean by that, and then she's got to go and do all of that. What gives her that passion to do that? The fact that she wants those wonderful people of China to know that Jesus is the Savior, and she can go and do that because God is with her. So when a flight gets canceled, it's all right, Jesus is there. What happens if she misses a connection? That's okay. Jesus is there. What happens if a translator doesn't show up? Jesus is there. (laughs) And so that's her life. And she's so owned that that now she is fearless with it. So she's in a sense a model to me that wherever I might go, God is with us. Now do you believe that? Now how about you though? I don't know what this next year is going to bring into your life. I don't know if you're going to be called in the military. I don't know about some of you young people going off to college. I don't know if some of you will have a job transfer. But I can tell you this, God will be with you. I've had surgery a couple of times and all of us at our age have had a couple of procedures done that we're not too um, public about, that we have checkup. But I can remember when um, Carol kissed me and off into surgery I went. I could take Carol everywhere, but I couldn't take her into the operating room. But I could take Jesus there. So I want you to know, those of you that will face surgery, Jesus will be with you. What I'm about to say might sound a little funny, but unless it's happened to you, it ain't funny. Some of you might be called before the IRS. Jesus will be with you. He'll always be there. That means you are, catch this, never, ever, ever, alone. I want to speak to some of you that are single. Some of you are single again. Holidays can often be um, the most difficult. You know why they're the most difficult? Because there's the most people around you, and yet you're watching other people with family that you don't have. And often you're with people who are married and you don't have a spouse. Either yours is passed or you've gone through a horrific, painful divorce or you've never been married. And I want you to know that uh, you're never alone. When I do um, single seminars and I teach singles, whether they're single or single again, there's a couple of truths I give them, especially those that are saying, boy, I wish I was married. I feel so lonely. The first thing I tell them is I say, it's better to be single than to wish you were. Let that sink in a little bit. The second thing I tell them is this. Women ladies you will have no better husband than the Lord and unless you're ready to live without the person that you want to marry then you're not ready yet to live with the person you want to marry because if you can't live without them then that person begins to, becomes the person to fill needs in your life and then you look to them to be your full need meter and then when they're not able to or they don't for whatever reason that means your need is not met and you begin to crumble. And I will tell you that the Lord is the only full-on need meter in your life. If it's a genuine need, he'll meet that need. Now watch this, it takes a little bit more. Once you learn that God fills you with all of him, all that need is met. Now you can dump all that love on other people and you don't have to have them fill your tank so then you can go and fill their tank. Your tank is always filled. And no matter what the world sucks out of you, they can never suck it fast enough to eliminate all that God can fill. Did you catch that? Because God is with you. So I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not a prophet. I don't know what you're going to go through, except I can prophesy this. If you know Christ as Savior, God is with you. He went with you all the way to the cross, didn't he? He went with you all the way to the cross because you died with him in Christ when you trusted Christ as Savior. So again, God is with you. I don't have time now for this, but I'll give you this to take home with you. Same book, Matthew. Jesus is born. He's known God is with you. That's chapter 1. Chapter 28, Jesus now died. He rose again. He hasn't gone to heaven yet, so he pops up from the grave. He shows himself to over 500 people because he is God. And then he gives the last minute instructions to a bunch of trembling apostles that now what you've got to do is you've got to tell the world about me and you've got to make disciples so that other people would know Christ as their Savior. And he says, oh, by the way, all the authority that's given to me, I am now going to be with you until the end of the age. And I love that. He was with us when he was born. He was with us when he died because we died with him on the cross, in a sense, spiritually speaking. And now he says, I am with you. Wherever you go, you will never, ever, ever be alone, even when God calls you to go do something for him. Isn't that a great, great truth? Now, believe it, because that's a person who's always with you. Now, I have to give you this. This is a painful part. I want him with me when I face surgery. I want him with me when I've got to be without Carol or the people that mean so much to me. But I sure wish he wasn't with me when I committed a sin or when I didn't drive right. Did you catch that last part? But we don't get to choose. He's with us wherever we go. So let that be a little bit of a governor in our life. All right, so God is with us. Therefore, I'm never alone. Number two, God is also in us. God is also in us. Now, again, for those that know Christ, that's a truth for you to know. Those of you who don't know Christ as Savior, this is a truth for you to begin to know a little bit about, but you won't experience until you trust Christ. And I'm hoping you would so you can experience this fact. So look up here for just a moment. I'm just a a guy like the rest of you guys in here, all right? But when I trusted Christ as Savior, something very mystical happened. When I trusted, a lot of mystical stuff happened, but this one part happened, and that is that the Holy Spirit came to live inside of me. Now, when I have the Holy Spirit now inside of me, that means a great deal. Here's what that means. If he lives inside of me, that means he has a work to do inside of me. He didn't just come inside of me because I'm such a great guy and so handsome. You got that? There you are. He came inside of me because he says, Stan, you were in my mind before you were born I brought salvation to you. You trusted Christ. I gave you a purpose for living now. And in order for you to complete that purpose, you have to know the purpose and you won't know. Watch this. Watch this. You won't know the purpose unless you know the word. You can't know the word unless you have the spirit inside of you to help you to understand this thing. And once you understand that, then you got to go do it and you can't do it unless I remind you and empower you and continue to teach you. And besides all of that, here it is. I love it. He says, I also put the spirit inside of you that I'll never leave you. So you are now secure. You can't even get away from me if you want to. So God is with us, Emmanuel. God is in us. The Holy Spirit of God is inside of you. Now that is so exciting because that means not only wherever I go, he is with me. Watch this. He also is in me to give me the strength to do whatever he asks me to do. I like to say it this way. God's commandments come with God's enablements. Isn't that cool? That when God asks me to do something, and it's even better than that, He gives me more ability to do than what He asks me to do. It's like if I uh, struck a match over here, He didn't give me a squirt gun to put it out. If I strike a match here, He gave me a fire hose to put it out of power. So I can accomplish whatever God wants me to do, whether it's a a life of, of separation unto Him or holiness or godliness or just flat out telling other people about Him. Whatever He's called me to do, God is with me. God is in me. And here gets to be the best part. It's not so much that he is forcing me to do this. as he says, Stan, Stan, I want to do it in your place. So just let me do it. Now, that is so spooky that people outside the faith really don't understand that. Those inside the faith hardly understand it. But it's a truth nevertheless that God will give you the power to do what you need to do. Because God is with you. God is in you and we're celebrating the birth of Christ who is the Godhead in him bodily. And now he takes the spirit and he puts him himself in us. And not only is the spirit in you, but Christ is in you. Listen to this verse. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the greatest news of all. I have hope for the glory that will be mine when I have heaven is my now home in heaven, that I have Christ in me now. So everything that I need that pertains to godliness is found in Christ.
1: You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida.